Hello, welcome to OS News Podcast episode number 34. It's uh, March 28th, uh, 2010. Um, let's see, it's uh, me and Tom uh, this evening, and uh, it's been, what, three weeks since we've last done a show, so we've got two pages odd worth of <laughs> news to get through. And uh, we're going to lump a couple of things together. We've got a number of articles on... Um, Parliament Windows Mobile and uh, and just your sort of mobile computing. So we'll start with that. Um, where to begin? Um, do you want to start with Palm? I think that's um, uh, probably the first protocol. Yeah. Now, first, let me find what was the first story we ran on that. Yeah, about it's kind of a silly headline, but is Palm dying? Because uh, as most of you are probably aware, Palm isn't doing very. At least it appears it's not doing very well. Um, um, the 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 prey and the the pixie aren't selling as well as everybody expected it would um, when they first introduced this thing a little more than a year ago the the the, the hype in the, in the in the press and in the media was astonishing actually it was iPhone levels um, everybody was talking about it and it was um, everybody was sure that it would turn Palm around immediately and that it would be not necessarily like a serious threat to Apple and the iPhone because you know that's not something you topple very easily but at least it would be a very credible competitor, and it probably is a very credible competitor on a technical level, but uh, people aren't buying Palm phones, uh, WebOS phones, and uh, a lot of people have a number of very, very valid reasons for why uh, people aren't buying Palm phones, and it has relatively little to do with the platform itself, with the mm. WebOS itself, and more with um, a number of not so fortunate business decisions that Palm has made, and uh, um, 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 Jean-Louis Gasset went into that, and we all know who JLG is. Obviously, I'm not going to repeat that. Um, who uh, made a number of observations on that one, like uh, for instance, Palm going with Sprint instead of Verizon, yeah. um, uh, because he basically uh, Jean-Louis basically uh, said that yes, Palm was actually hoping for Verizon. But um, um, kind of played hardball, and I basically transcribed that as Apple of uh, Palm was trying to be like Apple. So basically, they thought they were Apple. They thought that they could, uh, well, strong arm is kind of a, a too uh, unpleasant a word, but that they could. Um, let me put it this: way, that they could make the mobile operators dance to their tune, and they really can't. Palm is not big <laughs> enough, and uh, completely, completely, the complete opposite of, of, of Apple, obviously, who's, have, who's on a major winning streak for the past 10 years and who can really um, 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 push the operators around and uh, have them uh, give in to their demands, mostly. Bend them to the and, uh, Yeah, basically. And, and Palm couldn't do that. Palm hoped it, could, hoped it would, um, and it didn't. And then it had to go with Sprint. And not long after, uh, Verizon went with the Droid, did a major marketing campaign uh, behind the Droid, and the Droid has been selling really well. Um, and then um, um, uh, Rubenstein, Palm CEO, said that, well, hey, you know, if we, if we ha- had we been on Verizon earlier than the Droid, and then we would have gotten that marketing campaign, and then we would have um, um, been the Droid of Verizon, basically, um, which is kind of nonsensical, of course, you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda. I mean, it, it just didn't work out, and they just didn't do it very well there. Um, so that was one of the mistakes. Second mistake, obviously, uh, marketing has been disastrous. <laughs> Um, it's not a highly uh, visible product, that's for sure. Yeah, and it, it's a product that should be visible, kind of, because I think it, I think it's still one of the better, maybe even the best things you can buy. The problem is I haven't used it, so all I can do is go by the reviews that other people have written and by the videos that I see and how it works. I still can, can't, you know, can't use it. So the marketing wasn't really well, 
And of course, another problem, which is a problem that affected me really uh, uh, in a major way, is that you can't buy the darn thing anywhere. <laughs> you have to live in the United States and the, the planets have to be aligned and you have to be in some specific country at specific dates and specific hours. And for the rest, there's just no way to get your hands on one because uh, Palm wanted, wants to uh, uh, shackle the prey to, or, or, the, or the Pixie or the Plus or whatever. They want to shackle them to operators. Um, which is uh, uh, relatively common in uh, in the United States, but not so common, at least not so common in the Netherlands. I don't know about, about other countries in Europe, but here you can basically pick your uh, uh, contract and then pick your phone. And then depending on the contract you have, that kind of um, 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 dictates how much you still need to pay for the phone. Mm. So if you have a really expensive phone, like the, uh, no, the iPhone is not a good example because your iPhone is tied to, uh, to an operator. But if you have like an expensive phone from Nokia, like one of those uh, N whatever phones, like the, the expensive fancy ones, what you'll see is that the more expensive a contract you take, the less you'll have to pay for the actual phone. So if you have a really expensive contract, I don't know, like 40, 40 euros a month or something, then the phone will probably be free. But if you have a cheaper contract, like 20 or 15 euros a month, then you'll have to pay like, I don't know, 100 euros for the phone, something like that. I don't know. But uh, Palm wants to, do, wants to do something similar in that way that the iPhone did, which is to shackle the, the phone to a single operator in every country. Um, but again, Apple is big. And Apple is winning, and everybody loves Apple, and everybody wants Apple. So it's Apple is a major, um, is good for your marketing basically. And Palm, especially here in Europe, I don't. Well, let's say at least here in the Netherlands, I don't know about other countries, but you get mostly blank stares when you mention Palm. Yeah. Maybe some people will, you know, will remember the, the Palm Pilot. PDA Great. Yeah, which are great devices, by the way. Um, they'll remember those, but they, they won't. They won't know anything about Palm as a phone maker. Even though Palm has been very uh, active in, in, you know, in, the, in the onset, in the early days of the smartphone with the Trio and everything. Uh, they're basic, I don't know if that's true, but they basically invented the whole thing. So it's, it's pretty, uh, they played a major role in that, but they uh, um, didn't do very well after. And they're kind of acting like they're a really big company and that everybody would run to Palm. Oh, please, let me sell your prey, let me sell your prey. But that's, not, that's kind of a wrong attitude. It's kind of slightly megalomaniac in that sense. I think, um, and they should have just presented, at least here in Europe, and maybe in, they, can, they can do this in the US, but at least here in Europe, they should have just presented uh, the Prey as any other phone. Like basically, hey, here, look, here it is, you can buy it, and then uh, any carrier that wants it can sell it. No exclusivity, none of that nonsense. Um, they're just not big enough for that. Just, you know, and yeah, well, so I wanted a Prey last year when my uh, Nokia phone um, started to break down. Um, I really wanted to pray, but I couldn't get one anywhere. I had to import it from Germany, and then I'd have the wrong keyboard because uh, <laughs> Germans have the, the Z and the Y switched around. And that's really, really annoying, I can tell you, because I have a lot of friends in Germany. Um, so that's kind of, uh, you know, uh, kind of a no-no. And then, of course, you know, if something were to happen to the phone, I'd have to drive to Germany. And I really like Germany, but I'm not going to go there when my phone breaks down. So... Um, there's no way to get it, and uh, that's not just the Netherlands. There are a lot of countries where you can't get the darn things, and that probably really hindered sales in that regard. And the same, again, the same happened to the iPhone. It was only available in a small number of countries at first, but again, Apple is a really big company, and they can do something like that. But if you're small in your palm, you're going to need every sale that you have. That yeah, you can't Apple have a lot of have. cash in the bank. They're, they're, you know, they can yeah. roll out as and when they please, whereas palm, this yeah. has been you know, their last chance. Yeah, so basically make your phone available to people that want to buy it. And uh, 
if you're a brand like Palm, you'll have you'll have a group of people in every country who have very, who has very fond memories of Palm. You'll have them all over the place, and they'll want to buy your phone or at least look at it. But most of them can't. I couldn't. I still have. I haven't even seen one in real life. The yeah, Web West yeah, yeah, yeah. because they're not here. <laughs> okay. On the other hand, I have I've only seen very few Android phones in real life, but at least I've seen them. You know, and I've seen I'm starting to see Blackberries in real life, but I still haven't seen WebOS devices, which is uh, which is really sad. And there's still mm. no sign of uh, of the thing ever arriving here or whatever. But um, Palm are making um, improvements. They say that the, everything we want is just around the corner. But it, it um, like uh, they was it they announced that uh, it will be making its way to ATT's network. But apparently, this is just the Pre Plus and the Pixie Plus, the more expensive yeah. versions. Um, yeah, well, I'm not sure if they're that more expensive than uh, the others. I mean, you don't really want the Prey anymore, do you? I mean, it's 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 the build quality is less. Uh, it's it's doesn't have the same storage space. It doesn't have the same uh, amount of. It has a lesser amount of ROM. Yeah, a small. It has a smaller amount of ROM. So it's not you know if you want one of those, you're going to want the Plus. And I don't even think that that's that much of a price difference between the two. So I'm not. I don't know the price from the top of my head, but the difference aren't even that big. So that's not really a problem, but you know, it's just yeah, it's coming to AT and T now too. But there's no set date for it; it's just in the coming months. I mean, set a date that gets people excited in some way. But <sighs> they also yeah. said to be uh, late delivering their native development kit, um, and that WebOS wouldn't fill in the holes for what people wanted to do with the uh, the system, much as when um, Apple launched the iPhone with only web apps as as, as the available. Um, uh, available applications for the system, and then uh, Palm have done the same, and have only recently released the native development kit for. Yeah, the but game. there's a, there's a yeah, well, there's a major difference, of course, between web apps on the iPhone and you know applications on on. Oh on the yes, yeah, I, yeah it's not the same that, yes. thing. But, yeah. uh, gaming, but I, get, I get your point, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. People complain really, that there weren't enough games early enough for WebOS to make it enticing, simply because um, the iPhone has now got uh, a background of a lot of games and, and that something that perhaps Steve was never very interested in is, is what's happened is that it's become a very popular gaming device yeah and that if Palm had were sort of better out of the door they might have been able to catch on with interesting games before the iPhone had um, sort of had better established itself in that area yeah and I expect it's That's going it. to be significantly that Apple will be focusing more on gaming with the next release of, of the iPhone as well. So it's going to be tough competition. Yeah, that's one of the points that, that uh, uh, you know, John Stokes from Ars Technica said that, you know, the even though most of the applications in the App Store are, well, crap, and mm. trust me, they are. There's you have if, if you don't have an iPhone and you've never browsed through the App Store, you just <laughs> can't fathom the amount of total drivel that's in there. There are more than 100,000 applications, but I can bet you that no more than 1,500 to 2,000 are applications that are in any way can, can in any way be put in the same sentence as the word quality, but at least there are that many apps, which means that if you show and and, and um, 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 Stokes really explained that very well, that if you show your iPhone to someone who doesn't have an iPhone, and he'll be browsing through your phone and he'll see these applications that you really like, and he he'll think that person will think, okay, those are not applications that I want, but if there are applications like this, then there are sure are applications for me in there as well, and that's uh, kind of a thing that. Uh, Palm obviously misses with only a couple of thousand applications now in the uh, in the, the the catalog. That's also something that uh, that they're missing. So that's uh, kind of sad. It's kind of telling though that the best commercial for the prey is one that was made by uh, a, a third party. 
So just some 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 a pre user made a, a, a special a couple of, this week at least a couple of days ago put it online and everybody was raving about it because it is truly it is a beautiful advertisement it's really really well done and it really shows off everything about the prey in a non creepy non yeah. weird way and it's really beautiful and it's kind of telling that someone can do that better than Palm itself actually can so I mean I'm not. To sum it up, I don't think Palm is actually like dying. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. And I, they make it bot or anything, but um, Rubenstein made it pretty clear that they're not really looking for that either. I mean, they can still turn the ship around, but there are going to have to be changes, I think, especially in the way they how they market that thing mm. and how they make it available, or at yes. least make it available at all. Which is, I think, one of the uh, one of the main things. I mean, it's, it's you, you can have a great product, but if people can't buy it, they'll lose interest, especially in a market like this. Uh, you know, with the, which, you know, where gadgets evolve like crazy, and and every everybody wants to have the latest and greatest. You know, and it's just hmm. it's kind of sad. And if the troubles weren't already piled up, um, yeah. we have the news that uh, people have been concocting destructive rumors about <laughs> yeah. Palm trying to, to to bring them down. Yeah, well, I'm not necessarily sure it's about bringing them down, but it's just weird. I mean, the first rumor. Uh, let, let me find the story real quick. Um, uh, where is it? Yeah, here, this one. I mean, the first one, like, uh, okay, that's kind of a, a misunderstanding. I can understand that. You know, they um, uh, um, shut down production for the Chinese New Year, which isn't very uncommon to do that. something like that. They announced that months ago, and, and, and still some analysts or whatever those people are called that get money for sitting around um, uh, they said, well, oh, no, Palm is shutting down production. Well, yeah, they were. They announced that, and it's perfectly normal. So no problem there. It's a misunderstanding. That can happen. But the other one, that was crazy. <laughs> Like some 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 dude or or woman. I mean, I don't want to be sexist or anything. Um, um, had been sending out emails about a supposedly leaked memo in which uh, John Rubenstein supposedly announced that Palm would switch to Android. Um, and and basically um, the supposed memo. So again, this is supposedly this is fake, but still, uh, Rubenstein was quoted as saying, "While Palm is incredibly proud of our engineers who spend timeless work and effort to bring us this advanced operating systems, uh, operating system, consumers simply have not caught on. To provide a better future for ourselves and our customers, the only logical choice is to transition our hardware and software to the Android platform. And then the goal was to create some sort of sense UE like." Uh, uh, thing on top of Android, so with the card metaphor and everything, but running on Android. Um, and then um, the email said that the full memo will be published on WikiLeaks by whatever day and whatever, uh, at, at some sort of specified <laughs> time. It didn't come, didn't arrive. Um, the story made its way to at least a number of websites, most of which luckily didn't buy it. But it's still, I find this hilarious. I mean, it's one thing to make up some sort of rumor and a fake picture of the next great Apple device that is obviously fake. But this, I mean, why would you do something like this? It, it kind of interests me from a psychological point of view. Why you would do something like this? What can you, what can you win by doing something like this? I, I don't get it. Is it like something to get your... No, no, it's not about getting your name on a gadget. No, it's just kudos. It's, it's fair to say that you could do it or to know that you did it um, and that you just yeah. fooled a load of other people. I, I, I know now. I have no understanding behind it. Uh, but it's not something that would be easy, easily believed as we know that there's nothing wrong with WebOS. It's highly rated. Um, uh, people who have used it like it. Uh, the developers like it. Um, it's just, as we were discussing, all the problems around um uh, palm that are, are, are the issues of actually getting the hardware into people's hands. Yeah. So, so it, it would make no sense to them to move away from, from WebOS, which they've already invested heavily in, and, and are doing a good job of. 
yeah, so that it, it made this 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 thing, this rumor made no sense at all, and I just don't understand why someone would come up with this and then go through all this effort. But then even you now, even then, I mean, how hard would it be to create a fake memo and upload it to WikiLeaks? But I didn't even do that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you're gonna do this, do it right. Make a fake memo and publish it already. I mean, be a man for once or woman. It's just this is just <laughs> just finish it. I mean, finish what you started. But they didn't even do that. So it's uh, kind of weird I, I don't know what to think of stuff like this mm-hmm. it's just uh, sad let's move on uh-huh Um, on Windows Mobile. Oh, uh, the Windows Phone 7 series. series. Um, yeah, some announcements from uh, Microsoft's Mix event um, about uh, Windows Phone, and basically they're templating the iPhone. Um, it will not have copy and paste. It will not do multitasking. And all well, development will go a, through their App Store. Yeah, true. That's basically... Uh, what they said, but there's going to be uh, there are some 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 some, some buts and ifs there. In that, uh, Microsoft also said they were a little bit more open than Apple in that regard um, about their future plans. That they are working on multitasking and they oh, are yes. working on uh, on kind of pace. They just haven't nailed it yet, so they're not going to put it in. Which is again a very Apple way of looking at things. Um, uh, except for the fact, of course, that they're saying that they're working on it, which is something that Apple would never do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, well, yeah, I think it's, uh, that's pretty Apple-like. It's a shame, though, that they've decided to, to, to sort of follow Apple in the same route as the App Store. Obviously, they believe that may be successful, or I suppose they, I think the reason they're doing that is because they want to drive quality. Um, that, that By having a hand on it, they want to be able to produce an experience that's better than uh, the iPhone, and they don't feel that they'll do that by making it a free-for-all. Well, but you have to think, you know, that this is still uh, Windows CE underneath, and within hours of the emulator appearing online, it was already cracked wide open, so that everybody could access the internals and 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 you know put whatever they want on there. So, I think that what um, um, Microsoft has always been relatively um, uh, well, relatively no, they have been very um, open about allowing people to create custom ROMs for Windows mobile phones. There are countless of those out there for each and every phone that runs Windows Mobile. It's really easy to get your hands on them, and Microsoft never really made a problem of that. So I think the same is going to happen to Windows Phone 7 series. Um, people are going to crack it open uh, easily, uh, and it's going to be on the, that's, what's it called, XDA developers or something? I don't know. It's going to be put up there, how to, how to open it up and how to run your uh, multiple applications at the same time, and Microsoft's not going to care one bit. I think that's basically what's going to happen. And then when it... When they're done with their own proper multitasking implementation, they'll put it in. Or maybe even once the actual phones hit later this year, it will actually have those features. Or it's something that I uh, uh, thought of. I'm not sure how uh, how realistic that sounds, but that they're indeed working on it. But they, they don't want to. Uh, they want to keep something. Um, how do you call that in in in, in English? Um, they're um, Keeping some things behind so that we can still... Um, yes. That they can still... Yeah. I don't know what the... How do you call that in English? I, I don't know. It's something for anyway, a surprise anyway. 
Yeah, so basically they, they're, they're saying now, no, it won't have it, but they already know that it will have it. So basically just to keep something, uh, uh, some cards behind so that they can throw on the table as soon as the... Uh, I'm not sure if that's true, but it would make sense. It would be uh, pretty awesome if they did that. <laughs> it, would, it would be a good selling point against the iPhone, that they, an, an advertising point that you can do multitasking on the phone, whereas you can't with the iPhone. You, try and, yeah. you can't play Pandora whilst you're doing something else on it. Um, it, it does have those limitations. Um, yeah. But of course, it's then the problem course, that... They've got to come up with the right UI for it. I don't think that's. That, I don't think that's an easy problem to solve. Well, I, uh, Paul managed to do it. Well, Palm, the, the, no, the, the Palm have definitely done very good with it, but obviously coming from a Windows CE background, you know, they're hardly going to want to put a task manager in it. And um, oh, no, no, there's a task manager, task manager in it, by the way. Oh, the, yeah, I've up, seen that. Actually. There's a task. <laughs> But they don't fun. want to expose that to, to the no, user obviously. and expect them to do that. And I think also with when their, their comment about copy and paste by trying to say that the user wouldn't need it, what they were trying to, to get at is that they wanted to design a user interface that was so radically different that we didn't need the, the, the normal idea of copy and paste. The phone should just know what you want to do. Um, uh, and uh, well, the whole Windows Phone 7 series UI is a, a sort of a, a radical departure for Microsoft. I'm very glad that they're actually doing that. So with the copy and paste thing, I actually um, Apple did it. They waited until they could implement something they liked. And I think Microsoft doing exactly the same thing is, is not going to be a problem. It will get there eventually. And they've said that that will be the case. Yeah, so it, it will be there. But of course, it's still fun, you know, that, um, um, uh, you know, back when the iPhone was released, everybody, oh, no copy, no copy, no, uh, there was no copy paste, there's no multitasking, and now Microsoft is doing the exact same thing. Well, what's funny is that um, a lot of people are now laughing at Microsoft, which I always found very weird because I never recalled Microsoft saying that the lack of copy paste or the lack of multitasking on the iPhone is a major flaw or something. Oh, like that will doom the device. I can't recall Microsoft ever saying that, but still, now we have everybody saying, oh, look, now Microsoft is uh, is, is turning on their heels and it's uh, changing their opinion. But I never um, 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 heard any Microsoft official say that it w- would be a problem for the iPhone, um, that it didn't have uh, multitasking and, did, uh, and that it didn't have uh, copy-paste, which is pretty funny because um, I, I follow, uh, I, I can barely say this without laughing, but I'm I follow um, um, John Gruber on Twitter, and he at some point um, um, had a tweet, which I find a ridiculous word, by the way. He had a tweet that said um, that he would give uh, $15 for anyone who would find a quote from a Microsoft official uh, that stated something along the lines of, uh, open quote, the iPhone will fail because it doesn't have, etc. Yeah. yeah, close quote. Yeah. Uh, it didn't arrive, so it, that pretty much uh, proves it to me that Microsoft never said something like that. Um, so Microsoft can do this without looking like an idiot. It's just that everybody else in the world, of course, <laughs> will look like an idiot. Now, uh, I, I, wasn't that um, um, what's that uh, Microsoft uh, blogger's name? What's his name? Um, oh. uh, the big one, the the Paul Thoreau, that guy. Oh, of course, uh, yeah. Sorry, it's not actual yeah. Microsoft official. That's what I, f- I thought you meant. Yeah. yeah. But he said uh, when the iPhone launched, he uh, criticized it for not having uh, multitasking and copy-paste and whatever. And now he's praising Microsoft for not <laughs> having copy-paste and multitasking, which I think is kind of ridiculous. The situation I mean, with um, Windows Mobile or well, Windows Phone is, is obviously that in this case, Microsoft are 
backpedaling because they are taking away functionality that previous versions actually had, whereas the iPhone never had it to begin with. Um, possibly there's contention there, the fact that Windows Mobile 6.5, in fact, which we should discuss Windows Mobile 6.5, uh, that, that, that Microsoft are, are backpedaling on Windows Mobile 6.5 and, and removing stuff that um, yeah. the older systems had, whereas the iPhone never had copy paste to begin with. It was something that came later. Yeah, it's, it's kind of it's kind of similar to what happened uh, between macOS nine and yeah. macOS ten. Basically, macOS nine had all these advanced features. Of course, it crashed every five minutes, but it had, <laughs> it, had it had all these advanced features that macOS ten didn't have, and that you know would only come over the course of a couple of years. That the features would slowly return, and at some point, feature parity, and then now beyond, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and it's, this is probably something similar is going to happen here because I don't think Microsoft will be able to sell a phone for very long that doesn't do multitasking. It's just, it's just. I, I just no, I find think that anti Microsoft. It, it, it depends who they're selling it to. Um, uh, Apple have had no problem selling a phone that doesn't do multitasking. Um, it's. Uh, um, is about the whole Windows Mobile 6.5 thing of, of having a product that, that, that has all of this functionality, etc., and then just sweeping that aside and saying, well, that's the past, and now here's the future. Oh, but then we get to the other point. Windows Mobile 6.5 actually isn't the past because they'll continue to sell and support it simply yes. because Windows Mobile is pretty popular in a number of niches in the business world, uh, and I know a number of people who are completely hooked, even as consumers, to Windows Mobile because, you know, we always make a lot of fun of Windows Mobile and it deserves a lot of its flack, especially in the interface. But Windows Mobile is incredibly flexible and yes. incredibly versatile. You can basically, you have these, 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 these slogans from Apple that say, uh, like, there's an app for that. Uh, but in, in, in the Windows, uh, in, the, in the iPhone way, there's an app for that that Apple may, might approve. But in the Windows Mobile way, the app will actually exist. Yes. If you can think of it, Windows Mobile can do it. It's insane what you can do with that thing. It's uh, it's it might not be easy to use, and it might be a little bit of a. Uh, I wanted to use a, a word that would get us banned from iTunes, but the word cluster f. It might be uh, a little bit of a cluster, bleh, but um, it can you can do so much with it, and that's pretty fun. I mean, when I still had a Windows Mobile phone, and I I had a I had a Windows Mobile PDA when it was still called Pocket PC. I was just amazed every time I would go onto the internet and look for uh, and just browse through the application listings, the kind of stuff that you can do with Windows Mobile. And all that will be gone when you switch to um, uh, uh, version 7, to Windows Phone 7. All that will be gone. And they'll have to convince people that, um, that it's a good thing that those things are gone. That'll be their job, basically. And I don't, I don't know if they're going to succeed in that. We'll see. Um, yeah, the, 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 um let me get my mind together here. Um, that's if you can get an upgrade at all. Um, Microsoft <laughs> yeah. um, have said that. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you upgrade your hardware, right? So oh, right, you, yeah, sure. So, no, uh, yeah. yeah, because they they, they um, said that they wouldn't give an upgrade for a particular handset because it had five buttons on it when the Windows yeah. 7 UI so, uh, dictates that there should only be three. That was it. Ah, thank you for the that. HD, yeah, the HD2 by HTC, which has a screen larger than Texas, but... Yeah, it it, has, it 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 fits all the bills except for the buttons, <laughs> which I think is pretty fun. But yeah, basically, 
Yes, so um, the Windows Mobile 6.5 inside the enterprises is incredibly popular um, because of the flexibility that um, enterprises need custom solutions and they need to, be able to run, run run what the crap they want on their on their phones um, and they've got a lot of custom stuff to, to, to interface with and uh, yeah, of course, bad bad user interface aside, um, that's that flexibility. I just think it's very sort of reckless of Microsoft to um, try and woo the you know the the consumer um in lieu of of just serving their cust- you know the the existing customer base's needs and uh whilst they will be sh- shipping six point five and and supporting it, it doesn't really sound like they're that enthusiastic about it. Well, it depends. I mean, if you're a business, you're not going to care about pretty pictures or, or oh, no, effects or whatever. You you want your stuff to work. Well, I and find your stuff um, won't work on the new on the new version because it doesn't have the proper uh, 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 support for it. So you're gonna want mobile uh, Windows Mobile six point five. Yeah. And I'm probably even thinking that it might even be the case that Windows Mobile six point five won't even be available for normal consumers. It will be more on mm. a on a on a custom basis. So built order sort of thing. Yeah, built to order sort of thing. That companies can contact uh, Microsoft and or the the the, the phone maker and say, hey, we need uh, ten thousand Windows Mobile six point five devices with these specifications, mm. or maybe an existing phone, and you're going to make those for me, and etc. And Microsoft will help you and will provide you for that. And maybe yes. that happens, but something like that. And in the, in that case, they'll still be able to sell it, and they'll and they'll still be able to make a decent buck off that thing. So. Their focus on the enterprise before obviously it's, it's a sixteen success. They're one of the major suppliers um, with their main, main competitor being RIM in the enterprise market. And the iPhone is beginning to make inroads in the enterprise. And that, I mean that's literally something that, like gaming, has taken taken sorry um, Apple by complete surprise. The iPhone OS two release was heavily focused on ticking those boxes for enterprise users because they were getting so much feedback as to oh well, we need this 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 and, and this and they went and and, and did that. I think Microsoft again, like copy and paste and multitasking, etc., are going to be forced to go in and add a lot of things like Exchange support, LDAP, and 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 so it forth. It already does Exchange. It does. Oh, good. Yeah, good, good. good. As far as I know, at least. I'm, I'm, don't don't quote me on that, but I think it already does by default. So okay, that's, that's good. Yeah, they probably will. I don't no, know. That we'll was see. my concern that what they up? were trying to um, impress a sort of very fickle consumer crowd rather than focusing on core business, uh, which they already oh. have. I think that behind the scenes, they already have their plans laid out for yeah. business world. It, it, I don't think my, Microsoft. I don't think Microsoft ever really uh, forgets about the business world, <laughs> except with the Xbox, obviously. But it really is their core business. I think there's more money to be had there. But of course, this whole uh, Windows Phone Seven thing is, of course, also kind of a Halo device, right? I mean, it shows that Microsoft can still um, um, do something new. Because I think that what they've shown us so far, what they've showed us so far, is new. It's different. It's uh, it 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 it's, it works in a, in a very different way than other phones out there. It doesn't work like the WebOS. It doesn't work like uh, Android. It doesn't work like the iPhone. It's truly something that stands on its own. I think that's pretty. Uh, mm. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming from no, Microsoft. Absolutely not. And I think and that's a good sign. I mean, the more that just shows what what happens when you uh, when you compete, right? And this really is a really good bridge to our possible next topic about Internet Explorer nine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just basically the same thing, like. Hey, let's compete. And now we got to do something. And uh, then Internet Explorer Nine comes, which is kind of more your area of expertise. Um, I'll just recap the uh, on Internet yeah, Explorer good. Nine. Essentially, Microsoft have released a. Um, it's not a full browser. It is just literally a window with the render, i.e., nine rendering <laughs> engine in it. I like not- the UI, by the way. <laughs> 
<laughs> it doesn't even have a back button. It's just literally a rendering engine strapped to a bit of Chrome. And um, it just gives us a preview of the IE9 rendering engine. They've got a lot to show, and they have definitely been working hard at this. Um, there's hardware acceleration throughout. There's SVG and hardware accelerated SVG. In fact, the SVG is running faster than the other browsers because it is known to be dog slow in uh, Gecko, not particularly quick in uh, WebKit, especially when it comes to animation. Uh, they're doing well on the um, Acid 3 test, although unexpected to pass all of it because the Acid 3 includes stuff like, uh, uh, I think it's supposed to be pronounced Smile or Simil or S-M-I-L, uh, which is animation on SVG, which is, to be honest, mostly done with, with, with JavaScript in other browsers anyway, and it's not something I think that we'll ever see wide usage. So then, whilst they never get 100% on Acid 3 tests, they are doing things where they matter to the, to the average end user. We've got SVG support hardware accelerated um, engine, uh, uh, fonts moving, etc. But this is all on um, uh, Windows Vista and Windows 7. It doesn't look like they're going to support Windows XP on this because they wanted to, to drop the legacy uh, with Windows XP and focus on the WDDM um, in Windows Vista. And, Two thumbs up for me. Yeah, and in Vista and Windows 7. I would like them to support Windows XP for the sole reason that there are going to be a lot of Windows XP machines around for a long time. You know, the day Windows XP is discontinued in 2014, that all the, the pirate machines in China are not going to switch off. Um, XP has got a long tail to it. It's going to take a long, lot, lot of time to get rid of it. And I don't want it to become a weight around people's necks, much like Internet Explorer 6s at the moment. Yeah, well, but that's kind of unavoidable, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you can't really um, um, blame Microsoft for not... Uh, supporting pirated copies. I mean, you can't really blame them for that. I mean, at some point, you have to say, look... Yeah, there's still a lot of legitimate XP machines. They're still yeah, selling I know, them I know, I know. today. But They're still I mean, available. Four to five years from now, it's just, you know, at some point, a product is no longer supported. I mean, people know, know, knew full well about the support cycle for, micro, for Windows XP. It has been extended numerous times, and the kind of support that Microsoft gives for its products is... Um, 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 well, I... Well, I don't like using the word like that, but their, their support is pretty good and pretty long, actually. And only now has Windows 2000 moved out of support fully. I mean, we're 10 years down the line. Um, Windows XP has been supported for a very long time, and at some point, people will have to upgrade. And if their machines can't handle it, then switch to another operating system that can handle, or buy a new computer. It's harsh, I know, but that's just the way it works. I mean, I had to buy a new car a couple of weeks ago because the, main, the, uh, the, the maintenance costs were running too high, and I had to buy a new car. That's just what happens, you know? And at some point, you have to buy something new. It sucks, I know. I don't like buying new stuff if, if the old stuff is still working. But at some point, if it's no longer secure, if you don't get uh, browser upgrades, you can either buy a new machine, switch to another browser, or switch to another operating system. Those are your choices. And you can't really uh, demand that a company supports you until <laughs> oblivion, you know? It's just not fair. It's just So people complaining about that, um, I'm sorry, but you'll have to buy new stuff. And if... Uh, if you still like XP, that's great, but at some point you'll, you're going to see the side effects of that, of using uh, outdated stuff. I mean, I wouldn't go back to XP if you gave me money to do so. Because I think uh, the difference, well, I don't use Windows 7 on my desktop at all anymore, but even, even then, I'd much rather use Windows uh, 7 than anything even remotely related. To Windows XP, um, yeah, like DEI rendering fine. and all that stuff. I mean, look, I still use Office um, Office 2002, Office XP, because it just it has all the functionality and it's just yeah, there's, of course. But still, you know, it's um, agent software, yeah, but it's still all there, and I, I generally find yeah, that no, with I know, Windows I just, XP, it's just it works. 
Yeah, I know, I know, it works. But um, uh, once you've tried the new thing, you won't want to oh, go I've back. I've been using Windows 7 on my netbook, and it's been performing absolutely excellently. Um, it's a very impressive piece of software. Um, it's a good thing that Microsoft made. But uh, me going around fixing computers, I know that XP is, is going to be around a long time. Yeah. And if Microsoft wanted to push the web forward, then, then you know, catering for these XP users as well would... would would drastically help with getting rid of uh, sort of the IE6 Croft legacy and so forth. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, the the there are the differences uh, between Windows XP and later versions is pretty big where it matters for the new features in in Explorer 9, like the the hardware acceleration. Um, Windows XP uses a completely different um, graphical subsystem than Windows 3, so, so they'd have to implement that feature twice. I'm sorry, but that just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Especially not on XP, which uses an outdated system that's, that you know that's no longer even properly supported. You know, and and then it's just it's just stupid. I I, I would be I would be uh, um, 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 pissed. Ah, sorry, um, I would be pissed off if Microsoft put effort into that instead of making a proper browser. If they'd still, if, why would you implement something like that twice just to appease people who are still using an old version? It just doesn't make any sense. I think they're doing a good. It, this is a good thing here, uh, and if it pushes people towards uh, Windows Seven, I'm all for it. It's just, it's it's better and safer and everything. It's not certainly not the best operating system out there. It will never be. Um, no operating system is is the best, but it is uh, definitely better than Windows XP. Uh, that a is, lot less maintenance was. I, I absolutely give you yeah, that. Yeah, it will help certainly with people with maintenance. Yeah. So that basically will hurt you because. <laughs> 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 right. Don't worry, as long as companies are doing stupid things, then I will always be in a job. And I can assure yeah, you that the, if Microsoft do a good job, then Sony will muff it up. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, in this, this uh, Internet Explorer preview, they've got, um, let's have a look, uh, a new fast JavaScript engine that sort of sits in between Firefox, uh, Chrome, and uh, Opera 10.5, which is currently holding the, the, the lead. So, you know, they've got that up to, to, to speed. The This particular preview doesn't include HTML5 video, but they demonstrated it at Mix 10, um, and of course it will include HTML5 in the end, which will be using H.264 um, video. Uh, they, they've settled on that. Yeah, well, that made that made sense, because uh, H.264 is already built in into Windows, so that only makes sense. Well, it's sense. built into Windows 7, not Vista. Yeah, true. Although true. I'm sure Microsoft can quite easily pay for a license for H.264 to distribute with IE9 itself. Yeah, that's that's no problem. So it will just, uh, as soon as you download EA9 for Vista, it will include that support and be done with it. That's uh, it's no problem for them. Simple direct show uh, or media foundation codec, and that's it. That's no problem. They included a whole number of bun- a bunch of tests uh, to demonstrate the uh, browser, and uh, they used the word HTML5 a lot, but uh, none of the tests actually include HTML5, and <laughs> IE9 itself doesn't actually add any HTML5 features. It scores exactly the same as IE8. Uh, they just kind of used it as a big buzzword. Um, well, no, that's pretty. Yeah, I-, I found that very silly. Why would you do something like? I just. Of course, I mean, it's great from a marketing point of view, but it's kind of stupid. Because yeah, they did kind of jump on the opportunity to, 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 with this preview yeah. to use it as a big old marketing thing. IE is going to have HTML5 and it didn't demonstrate anything HTML5. Nonetheless, I'm very happy that um, we're finally beginning to see some uh, progress. This is Microsoft having to work hard and sweat to catch up here. Yeah. And we well, haven't seen them do that. that since the Netscape days. Well, I'm really happy with all the 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 you know the the standard stuff and uh, improved rendering and whatever. I just hope that they're going to come up with an interface that doesn't want to make me poke Ugh. my own eyes out. Because uh, um, that interface, 
I think I think that interface is responsible for the rise in suicides in the world because <laughs> it's just no, I hate it so I'm not gonna explain that again. I've explained that a number of times already, even on the podcast, I think. It's just horrible, and I hope they're going to improve that. That's why I said at the beginning of this topic, hey, I like the new interface, because even an interface without any buttons is better than, than that stupid thing. That they what put I hate in most about it is just how much it nags people every time. You know, I cannot count the number of times that I've had to do the IE8 20 questions survey at the, when, when you start it up, and it interrupts you, and it asks you, do you want to get updates for your, your, your uh, searches, um, and do you want to get updates for this and that and everything? Why would you say no? Why would would you not want to update your um, your um, search plugins so that they could one day break and stop working? It, it makes no sense at all. It's it asks you a bunch of useless mm-hmm. questions and it gets in the way of the browser ballot as well. It, you, yeah, it was, yeah, it was. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you said it on my blog, you uh, install if you, if you install IEA and the browser ballot at the same time, then the browser ballot pops up and then immediately it comes up. Welcome to Internet Explorer eight, and then it sets Internet yeah, Explorer eight as the default yeah, for yeah. you. Yeah, because of course the, the ballot is rendered using the AI engine, probably. So <laughs> head desk, madness. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh well, stuff happens. Yeah, <laughs> the Microsoft will always do stupid things. The, the, with Internet Explorer nine, the, you know, I'm really, really hoping they do not cock this up because what they release is going to set the new baseline for everything. Um, just as Internet Explorer six has, has been this constant dragging baseline. Um, and that if they mess something up in IE9, then everybody else is going to have to work around that when they are adopting these new technologies. Yeah. And I hope that some of that work will benefit their mobile version as well. Oh, yeah. Because the last time I used that, that wasn't a very pleasant experience. I'm not, I'm not sure what it's like in 6.5, in Windows Mobile 6.5, but um, what I read from the reviews, which were uh, universally um, 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 bad anyway, um, was that the browser was still um, slightly more pleasant to use than... Um, it's safe for Windows Mobile Phone 7 series that the browser will be something between Windows uh, Internet Explorer 7 and 8, which is basically like saying it'll be something like uh, a pile of crap and a bucket of vomit, somewhere between that. Yeah, so it, I hope, I hope, I really sincerely hope that they will make some major improvements uh, before those Windows Phone 7 series devices ship. Because if the browser sucks, people won't buy it. <laughs> but anyway, that was a little side step there. Go on. Uh, <laughs> okay. I think that's, that's all, all, all to say. Again, they are announcing early. Um, we've got something in their hands. They're going to be updating it every eight weeks, uh, so which is going to be better than anything they've done before, which is kind of just thrust it upon people before they're ready. And, uh, and they've not been too open to, to sort of listening to people's pleas. So this it seems like a, the, you know they're making definitely making effort. I don't think they're doing everything right, um, but we have to give them the, the, the benefit of the doubt that it's a product that's still a long way away. And, and that, that's got one of the complaints that a lot of people had is that uh, it's great that it's fast and everything but uh, by the time it's actually released then everybody will have well and, well and truly overtaken it yeah exactly. anything's better than Internet Explorer 6 it will, as I say this is going to define HTML5 because it's going to define the minimum baseline and the more that we get out of Internet Explorer 9 then the greater that we're going to be able to do with things on the web true I think uh, Microsoft a lot of the reasons why they're doing this as well is because of uh, th- they're wanting to get with the web and get, get and, and, and understand it. Uh, they're making Office 2010 for web, and they're probably coming across unbelievable frustrations trying to get it to work with, you know, old versions of Internet Explorer, and, and are realizing the importance of having SVG and having rounded corners and and, and things like that. 
Yeah. Because I don't think you can make a decent office suite in, in Internet Explorer 6 and, and, and that sort of JavaScript engine with those kinds of limitations and things like that. Uh, it's just you know, mind-numbing Internet uh, with Google dropping Internet Explorer 6 support themselves as well. So it yeah. might finally be the time where web developers can't rest on that crutch and say, oh, we need Internet Explorer 6 support. Ah. <laughs> exactly. I hate hearing that. That's rubbish. By the way, OS News... Uh, Internet Explorer represents eight percent of our uh, user base, um, and I How think do you know that? it's in Mint. Um, oh, is Mint back? Yeah, it should be. But the, the Internet Explorer represents a tiny little percentage of our, our of our user base. Um, and hey, then, it's back! Awesome. Sorry. That's right. Let's <laughs> okay, plug the numbers well, because then if you divide that down, because that's all versions of Internet Explorer. Yeah, eight percent is Internet Explorer, and five percent of that is Internet Explorer eight, and less than one percent is Internet Explorer six. So, I mean, like, we could drop Internet Explorer support tomorrow and it just, like, it, it wouldn't even matter. Um, so that's how, sort of just how bad things are getting. And, and Microsoft going to have to really, really work to claw back this um, the, the, sort of this market share. They've been absolutely hemorrhaging it no matter what they've done. And improvements in Internet Explorer 9 are certainly working, but I think, as you, you, you mentioned, sort of the UI of it has got to improve. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, here we are. Yeah, 8% in the Explorer. Oh, that's pretty cool that we have those statistics back again. I really miss those. Oh, we still have that one guy who is um, um, visiting our website with the version string 999.1, <laughs> which is, uh, which is uh, a joke that was uh, published on the Internet like ages ago where, where it taught how to change your uh, version, st- or version string in... Uh, What's that called uh, in, in browser? A uh, user uh, agent. A uh, user agent, exactly. That you could change the user agent in Explorer, and it, it had it had as it had as a suggestion use nine 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 point one. That's still that one lonely guy. <laughs> been, it's been there for ages. Hello. I'm really interested in who that is because it means that either he's still using a really old version and never changed his user agent and never updated anything. Or it's persisted. Or, wait, or, which is probably even, possibly even worse, he keeps changing it every time he upgrades. And I'm not sure which one is more pathetic, <laughs> keeping the old version and not changing it, or changing it all the time to keep up with the new version. Oh, I've seen all sorts of user agent strings. I've seen quotes from the Bible and stuff in people's user agents. <laughs> Using your browser to preach. Yeah. Oh, wait, we have 16% on Chrome? Whoa, that is a lot more than it used to be. And that's more than Safari, by the way, which is 30%. And yeah. we have a very high Opera usage at 10%. That's actually pretty good. Which should explain some of the comments we get whenever we report on Opera. Yes. <laughs> and 47% are using Firefox. All those poor people who still haven't found out that Chrome is better. <clears throat> Sorry. Anyway, shall we? Um, talking of Microsoft's decision to use um, H.264 for their HTML5 video, should we discuss a couple of little bits about uh, H.264? You've been having an ongoing um, discussion, we'll say in inverted commas, with John Gruber. 
Uh, did it, well, is it ongoing? Oh yes, it's ongoing. Um, um, but I've written so much about it. Maybe you should start this this discussion. Um, well, actually, did we cover this in a previous show? We probably did at some point, at least anyway, because it has been ongoing so long that the debate yeah, we about it a couple of times, you know, that H two six four is patent, uh, patented. Um, that. Uh, the MPEG-LA, the licensing authority who overlook H.264, uh, both Microsoft and Apple are licensees. Uh, they have their hands in that as uh, patent owners. And um, the, uh, the MPEG-LA recently uh, extended the free period, the freemium period, where that uh, you, you could uh, use H.264 for free until uh, the end of 2016. It was previously the uh, end of 2011, which is kind of cutting it a bit close, and people begin to get worried about the whole, you know, they could just suddenly start charging people. So they've extended it to get the uh, industry uh, much more uh, in, uh, fully hooked on H.264 before coming in with the... Of price fixing, and, uh, and and as usual, uh, it's about three three codecs. You've got OG, uh, three or Fiora, and Vorbis um, as uh, uh, patent free free uh, codecs, and just basically discussion saying that that uh, well that, that Fiora is a is is a poor quality and the H.264 is better that pragmatically it's not important because the end user doesn't care, they just want to view their videos um, th there's just a, like a load of arguments that always get into every time this gets mentioned uh, well let me just, about that comment end users won't care, trust me, end users will care when there will be a bill falling through, the, on their, uh, through their mailbox on the doormat that says hey you've published a video of your child dancing using H.264 and now you're going to need to pay um, a couple of uh, months ago, there was a big uproar here in the Netherlands because our um, a variant of the RIA, which is like this really, compared to the RIA, it's a really tiny organization, <laughs> but they, they try to be, whoa, we're the Netherlands and we're awesome. And uh, basically they had this plan where they would start charging people for um, uploading video that contain that possibly contained um, 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 copyrighted material. So... They wanted to make a deal with uh, social networking sites, which is, of course, one of the places where a lot of uploading happens. So basically what would happen is, uh, not, not just uploading, but also if there's a video on YouTube, like um, uh, a video from, well, let's keep it close to home, a Fiona Apple video, and you wanted to publish that on your social networking site, what you, what you do is that you go to, to YouTube and you copy the little bit about you know, embed, and then you would mm. put that on your social networking site, and there you go. They wanted to charge people for that. <laughs> so they want, yeah, and that was they made this really big announcement that this this is going to happen and this is our plan and and uh, they, 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 that they were in talks with with the social networking sites. They were in talks with Google and YouTube and a number of other uh, parties in this regard. And then actually, politicians shut it down. Whoa! It was like whoa. They said no. This no, we can't have this. This won't happen. And then they withdrew their plans. So basically. Um, People might not care now, which is the point that I'm trying to make. People might not care now about um, um, uh, uh, H.264, Theora, and the free and the, the codex and whatever. But if you tell those people, hey, there's there could be a, there's a large chance that there's a large chance that a big chance that between now and five years you're going to have to pay for all that stuff. They won't. They will start to care about this, and the Netherlands will especially care about this because we are notoriously um, cheap in that regard. So we don't like to spend money. So it's uh, um, um, people might not care now, but if you tell them that they're going to have to pay for that stuff, they will care. Yeah, the lackadaisical attitude is is absolutely surprising. Um, I, I sent a, 
an email to John Grubar over yeah. uh, over this, and uh, I would, would before I called him out, I obviously want to say that uh, I, I read Daring Fireball because he's a very good writer, and even if I disagree with him, I un, I appreciate the quality of the writing, regardless of if, if we agree or disagree. So before Thank I called him out, I want to say that I, I, I emailed him and I said uh, I, I sort of made, made uh, sort of a fake quote to say, uh, "We see you have a H two six four video on your website that will be twenty five thousand dollars, please." Thank you. Um, because they, you know, the the, the uh, MPEG LA could quite easily say that to him, and he said, "Well, he thinks that isn't going to be be the case, and if he does, he'll just take the video down and re-encode it and write a scathing article about that." Um, uh, but and and that the organ Firefox will be available if, if if that's the case. But the flaw in that that. Uh, view which you point out to me as well in, in, the, in the discussions we've been having is that it doesn't matter if you just take down the video because they will still sue you for the time that the video was up and extract yeah, the funds that's, that's, for you. That's a good point that um, because um, um, John Gruber actually replied to the article that I wrote and he said um, um, I'll, just, I'll just try to let me see um, uh, uh, here he, he wrote that um, Chrome support for Octheora is perhaps an indication that Google's lawyers believe it doesn't violate any of MPEG-LA's patents. I think even if MPEG-LA believes otherwise, they wouldn't uh, start litigating unless um, 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 until Octavio actually became popular. As it stands now, AC64 is crashing Octavio more so why sue now? Um, there's kind of a, a, a general um, 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 feel here among the people that say AC64 is good. Uh, they're saying that, well, you know, Google can just take it out. They can just take Theora support out yeah. if they ever get sued. But that's irrelevant. Even if they take it out, even if they take Theora support out, the the patent troll, or uh, even even if it's not a troll, but it, let, let's just call it that. Um, even if the patent troll, uh, uh, no, even if Google were to take Theora support out at the moment they got sued, then uh, the patent troll could still sue them for all the time that the Theora codec has been in there. They can still sue them for that. Yeah. It's irrelevant that they can take it's, it out. There's no gentleman's agreement agreement here. No, no. So and the same thing with the, the example that you uh, sent to, uh, to, to 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 Gruber here. Um, even if the even if he were to take the video down, if it's been up there for three years, um, the MPEG-LA can collect royalties for three years. That's basically the uh, um, um, how it works. So uh, another point that he made is um, that Google is an MPEG-LA licensee, and that um, because of that, um, they uh, uh, could not possibly violate any patents by uh, including Theora. But that would kind of give them a. a, a, a um, um, uh, that basically he says that being a, an MPEG-LA MPEG licensee also allows you to use Theora without being threatened. But that's not true because the MPEG-LA license only specifically covers specific uses of H.264 and only H.264 and nothing else. So um, even if Google has 10 million of those licenses, um, the fact that they, uh, those yeah, licenses they're do not, not the cover actual patent holders. No. They do not cover Theora. They only cover the implementation called H.264 and related, not Theora or any other possible codec out there. So yes. this, it's no, uh, it's no, uh, um, 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 what is it called? Indemnification or something? Yeah. But it's yeah. not, yeah, it's no indemnification for Theora, not at all. So I emailed him that, by the way, but he hasn't responded yet, so... Yeah. The, what I added to in the discussion was that um, the, the support for Ogthior in Chrome is not really an altruistic thing on Google's part. It's just a, a practical measure because the H.264 license and decoder may not be available on all particular platforms that Chrome gets ported to because it's an open source piece of software um, and therefore by including Ogtheora they know that the, that the browser will still function and fall back to Theora which will be provided in most cases um, for 
Firefox users, and so therefore yeah. it, it's just a practical thing. Uh, we still don't know really what Google's plans are as far as their purchase of On2, whether that's to act as a patent portfolio to protect themselves or to actually move forward with trying to replace the Aura with something that they, that they prefer. I wouldn't be surprised, actually, about that last option. I wouldn't actually be surprised seeing how important YouTube is. Maybe YouTube is not important in making money. I don't know how profitable YouTube is, but it is most certainly important as one of the most used web applications between quotation marks out there and one of the most visible ones. Mm. I mean, everybody uses YouTube at some point. So it's, I wouldn't be surprised if Google indeed uh, is using that intellectual property to come up with something new and that behind the scenes they're already working on converting YouTube to um, something else to whatever they're working on now, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised about that because it would mean total independence for Google, no dependence on MPEG-LA because even though Google is a licensee of MPEG-LA, they're not actual... Uh, 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 Paint holders. Uh, yeah, exactly. So Google is kind of dependent on whatever the MPEG-LA does and with YouTube being so immensely popular, it, it doesn't seem like something Google would like to be so um, dependent on whatever no, the impact is. it's the same with, with Apple wanting to be able to own the, the, the whole um, uh, control of the structure from top to bottom. They own the source code to everything on the iPhone. If anything is for fault, they can, change, they can change it. They're not dependent upon some third party to get their act together. And perhaps yeah. the same is, is with... Um, <laughs> Slash, yeah. <laughs> perhaps the same is, in fact, it's probably another discussion to have, perhaps it is the same with uh, Google, is that they have all this video content and they want to make sure that the future can go any direction, unpredictably so, as the future is, and that if they're yeah. tied to any particular one technology um, with patents and things like that, then that's going to screw them over in the, at some point. They have to have the, the flexibility to be completely device and platform agnostic, and, and patents don't really help with that. Yeah, can you imagine what would happen if uh, Google, uh, Google probably has a license for, say, I don't know, a random word, let's say that license that they have for using H.264 uh, on YouTube is uh, five years. After those five years, I mean, what if uh, the MPEG-LA says, hey, look, um, we're going to triple uh, <laughs> the price for that license. And if, if Google at that point does not have a backup plan to switch to something else, they're kind of boned. I don't know if I can say that without us getting uh, an 18 plus rating. But if they don't have a contingency plan, they'd be boned in a situation like that. that they'd be forced to pay three times as much in this hypothetical scenario. Because they have no backup plan. They yeah. must use H.264. And I don't think Google is that stupid. That's what I mean, that they don't want to have to rely or be dependent on yes. whatever the MPEG-LA decides, an organization that they have no stake in, no control over whatsoever. So um, w if, if Google were to join, uh, actually join MPEG-LA, then you'd probably um, see a bunch of eyeballs <laughs> being raised. But I don't think that they're going to do that. Um, so um, they're probably um, um, they ha probably have a contingency plan, and that's probably why they bought uh, uh, onto or whatever it's called. Yes, um, I'm probably not correct because I don't know enough about patent law. But uh, the fact that Fiora does not um, uh, does not uh, the words gone out of my head. It does not doesn't doesn't um, it, it's not covered by any. It doesn't have any patents of its own. It's just assumed yeah. that it is not infringing. That's the word I was looking for. It's not infringing yeah. upon any any patents. It doesn't really help because it, it means that even though it appears to to to, uh, to be safe, that somebody it doesn't have any defense collateral with it. Whereas if um, Google owned on two patent portfolio, which includes the original patents to uh, Theora, um, and 
the, the technology that predates H.264, then it means they have something as an actual defense if someone comes up and says that, oh, we've discovered a patent that, that, uh, uh, that uh, uh, Theora um, infringes upon, although that is, to be, to be said, um, is, is largely FUD from um, the MPEG LA. Yeah, I think so too, because if there would have been a patent, it would have emerged in the past 10 years, like... Uh, uh, Multi Montgomery from Xiv already said it, it would have already been up. To, it, it, it would have already surfaced because it's been for te those threats have been coming for ten years and it, they have never materialized. They're fud. You know, let, let's not get around it. Let's not sugarcoat it. That's fud. What I don't understand about Gruber's um, position is why on earth we should have to wait until everything explodes in people's faces before we we, we sort of do anything about this. The uh, the as I said the lackadaisical attitude that uh, everything's just fine and we'll, we'll wait until well, 2016 the, the, to see what happens. The evil attitude, the evil me would say it's simply because Apple supports H.264, but I think that's a bit of a cheap shot. But um, no, I don't know why either. I don't know. I, I, that's, what, that's, what, that's kind of the attitude that I tried to put down in the uh, previous article, which was a lot more harsh <laughs> than the second one, um, which I basically told web developers to shut up and just uh, um, 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 get out of this discussion, please, because... Um, yeah. Again, why are we waiting for this to explode? We've seen what happens when when we let it, when we let it explode. We've seen what happens. We've we've seen what happened with Flash. We've seen what happened to a lesser degree with uh, uh, with GIF and we've seen or GIF or whatever it's called in English. I don't know. Sif. And we've seen. Yeah, well, that's a joke. That's a British joke. Sorry. I don't get it. So, but uh, all the British people are probably laughing now. No, 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 no. It's it's. It was an advert. The the the, the cleaning. Uh, the 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 uh, cleaning agent. Um, what's it called? Uh, oh yeah, Sif. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In in um the UK, it used to be called Jif, and then they played an advert uh, saying about they changing the name to uh, a, a Jif because the the uh, Europeans couldn't get it the other way around. They couldn't pronounce it. Yeah, we we've had the same thing. We have, we had a completely different name for it, even. Um, uh, and then they changed it here too to something else. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean. But basically, um, what was I trying to say? Oh yeah, basically we saw we saw we saw what happens when it went wrong yeah. with uh, with Flash and with with uh, you know all sorts of sites that were tied to Internet Explorer for a number of years. Of course, that situation has, has greatly improved uh, the last couple of years. But still, we've seen what happens. We've seen what happens when when it goes wrong. So why is everybody willingly and openly um, jumping into the same trap again? I just, I, I just can't understand it. Even if Theora is of lesser quality than A264, which it might be, which it might not be. I don't know. I'm reading benchmarks going all the way, so all those. I, I don't trust any benchmarks regarding video except for my own eyes. Mm. Um, so even if it's 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 worse and it's 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 not as good as, um, is it really worth to shackle the web once again? Um, just because well, it's not like any, the, the content producers can just simply change their mind and re-encode their content when the, the bomb explodes. Because, as I said, that um, it's going to be all those um, uh, businesses uh, serving to iPhone and iPad customers who can't just suddenly switch on Ogtheora and, and, and decide not to pay the, the H.264 license. Um, no, and that's, that's the business plan. Yeah. That's, that's the MPEG LA's business plan. Get all those people to use H.264, make sure that all the devices are locked into H.264, yes. and then, bam, off-world slavery. No, then, bam, <laughs> there we go. No, that's, that's not my joke, actually. I have to say that's from, uh, it's from, um, um, from Yatsi Kroshaw, from, uh, from <laughs> Punctuation. I just have to say it because I don't do someone else's stuff. But basically, that's kind of the, the, the whole thing here. It's basically get everybody shackled to H.264 and then switch on the license button, and there we go.
pay more, pay more, pay more. It's, it's, it's a brilliant business plan, and all those people are just falling for it openly. It's, it's, it's actually kind of funny to watch. It's yeah, kind of like, I, I think in, in some ways we're going to just have to have this bomb explode in people's faces because it's only a way it's, it's going to wake people uh, up to it. Um, yeah, I'm going to play Microsoft again. Yeah, cool. yeah brilliant. <laughs> well, we can in a way because they're license holder. Yeah, but, uh, I was going to say, the, the, yeah, the, the whole debate about quality is totally irrelevant. I hate the fact that we have to keep getting into the debates over over quality. It's so irrelevant. YouTube did not get where it was based on quality. YouTube is famous for having like three twenty two forty lowest quality video that you can barely make out that was recorded on a on a, on a sort of a camera from the moon. Um, yeah, and. Uh, the, the, the quality issues in there. What I've done with Video for Everybody, of all the tests that I've done with with uh, Theora and H two six four, it's basically good enough. It's uh, it's a hair's whisker short of H two six four for all that it matters. What matters more than anything, it's just how difficult it is you it is to use H. Uh, sorry, how difficult it is to use yeah, Theora sure. and Vorbis. How mm. difficult it is to encode it, and how it is uh, how obtuse it is because it's just not integrated with everything else with the software, etc. That's its biggest hurdle to adoption. It's simply getting it uh, uh, Get to, to be usable, getting the tools yeah. out there. And that's probably what, if, if Google are going to provide any alternative codec, then they're gonna, they've got to build the tools. Yeah, and I think that if they're going to do that, the, the tools will be there as well. Yeah, I've, I think, I think uh, Google can do this, yeah. I, I've been very annoyed at Ogthio uh, and Rawways. I am a proponent of open um, software and open um, formats and, and standards, but um, I'm also pragmatic and, and believe that things should be, shouldn't be a lot of hassle. Um, and Ogthio is an absolutely massive hassle to, 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 uh, to use. The QuickTime component is a year out of date and doesn't include Theora 1.1, so it looks like, you know, it looks <laughs> like YouTube video. Um, and, it, it, and, oh gosh, doing the the, uh, doing the, the encode for video for everybody took me six hours to do six hours and and because I could not get um, get it to encode to Fiora without it breaking properly there was lots of problems and there was lots of problems with the fact that I was a Mac and there's lots of problems that I'm using uh, uh, QuickTime etc I downloaded the FLAC audio and I had to convert that to Apple lossless um, and then I downloaded the ping frames and then I Created a QuickTime movie, um, a QuickTime movie, and I tried to then run that through FFmpeg, and that that failed. And then I tried using ping compression and then running that through FFmpeg, and that failed. And then I eventually had to create a completely uncompressed 30 gigabyte file for one minute of video to be able to actually get FFmpeg to uh, to Theora to actually encode it correctly. And then uh, even then, I had to do different bit rates because it would sort of freeze and stutter halfway through in in particular point. It would just absolute hell trying to get a simple one minute video encoded yeah so it's probably possible to get really good quality video but it's just too much work not just because the tools aren't there but also because the tools that are there aren't pro aren't optimized properly to produce the best kind of results whereas with H.264 which is basically supported and implemented everywhere people know exactly how to get the best result um, out of there out of there basically so it's, it's yeah the tools need to improve greatly Mozilla are um, okay. investing in this at um, the. Who's, um, hmm? who's investing in what? Uh, Mozilla. Oh, Mozilla. Yeah. Yeah, they have invested a grant into uh, into ZIF for for, for development. Um, but again, it's improving the codec is is fine. Um, the next version of Theora looks really quite stunning, um, but the tools are still way, 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 way behind, and we we need that situation to improve. I'm. Don't particularly like Og because of of the reasons of the tools, um, and I'm hoping that uh, that if Google come out with something, they'll make the whole situation easy because that's what it needs more than anything is to be easy. Yeah. 
totally agreed. Okay, um, shall we move on? Is there anything to move on to? I don't know. <laughs> That's basically my uh, question there. Um, let me see. Um, publishers push back against jobs, anti-flash propaganda. This has been hotly debated. Oh, that's debated. basically that's something similar, isn't it, to what we say with yeah. um, with uh, um, 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 Athiora and such? Is that um, it's not that comp- that um, 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 that they that that they don't want to work with it, but basically that the tools aren't there to create some sort of integrated environment to develop um, um, the same kind of content that's now being uh, developed using Flash to develop the same kind of content in a similarly easy way, but then not using Flash, basically, <laughs> but JavaScript and all the other tools that are there. And I think he probably has a point. Again, I'm no developer, so I have to go by what other people are saying, but what I'm hearing is indeed that there aren't any tools like that, like these integrated end-to-end tools that um, where you can make and publish and whatever in Flash. Those tools aren't there for... Um, um, HTML5 content and related stuff, but again, this is more your territory than it is mine. So. There's no real. Um, I, I'll be, you know, the first to admit that there is no real Dreamweaver for, for HTML5. There is no crappy but essentially easy point-and-click tool to be able to, to sort of spit out um, all of these things because the very nature of, of um, HTML5, CSS3 and, and, and JavaScript is that you have to hand-code these things and you have to understand how they work and how they interact and that just takes a long, hard slog uh, to do um, and sort of, yeah. you know, many Flash developers are simply not um, uh, not experienced with that environment at all and it's a very alien environment I would absolutely ad- uh, admit that it's completely alien to a lot of people and, and I have to, to to know and understand a, an absolutely absurd amount of stuff to be able to do what I do with a browser so um, the, the, the publishers have a valid complaint in the sense that uh, it's not easy to be able to move away from uh, Flash, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely admit that, or to be able to make things that are like for like for Flash, I think, which is the more accurate thing to say, because you don't have to create stuff that's that flashy in the first place. Um, but to, to do like for like is certainly uh, requires a higher level of skill, which requires a more expensive developer, um, and, and the, the, your editors don't have um, as much free control over the sort of look of their their content. True. And um, mm, uh, let me think. The whole sort of debate, obviously, I, I, I'm sort of against Flash. Uh, There's just no the no. Pardon me. There's no point trying to 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 do, uh, avoid it. I'm completely against Flash, but um, the, the 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 job's position is is uh, very arrogant, and um, and he's got his own agendas, as it were, as far as the, the device not having Flash. Because let's not forget that the the SWF specification is open. Uh, well, it's readable. It's anyone can go read it. It's not open in the sense that there's a, a standards committee driving it, but you can go and implement your own version if you so please. Nobody has been successful in doing that. But Apple, if they so wanted, could write their own Flash implementation on the iPhone, integrate it deeply into the APIs um, and, and have it all running wonderfully. But they do not want to do that. It's the same issue that they want complete control over where the future goes. They do not want to be dependent on a third party to dictate how their software operates and how content on the uh, how stuff is delivered to their to their device. So their um, position, whilst very um, 
selfish, I think, is still essentially the end result is still beneficial to the internet because it decreases the importance of flash on the internet and and, yeah. and uh, increases importance of simple basic HTML, which is interpretable in any way you want on any device in any format. Yeah, the iPhone not having flash is one of the better things that had happened for the web, basically. Because it finally got people talking about Flash and do we really need it and other alternatives because, hey, everybody, at least the mobile web, is, uh, is dominated by the iPhone now. So we have to implement whatever we have, but then we can't use Flash, which just made people think about whether or not we really need it and has um, made it think about you know, performance figures, of course. And, well, and to, to Adobe's credit, at least with 10.1, they're at least trying to, to, to improve, which is... Uh, um, always a good thing, uh, whether you like Flash or not. The fact that it's getting improved is good for everybody. Um, but yeah, I, for the rest, kind of agree with you that I don't really like um, the idea of Flash because I think it's not needed in most of the cases. It might, it might, yeah. Well, again, so I'm no developer, so I don't really know what's possible with Flash and what's possible with um, um, using non-Flash tools. But I would say that at some point it will be similar. And the problem that I, as a as a complete layman, would see here is that the di- because you can do so much with the tool, with the new tools on the web, with you know, HTML5 and everything that comes with it. Because you can do so much with it, um, that will kind of exaggerate the differences between implementation. I'm not entirely sure if that's true, but that's kind of a concern that, that, that I came up with over the past couple of weeks, is that because it's so complicated and you can do so much with it, that it matters more than ever how browsers implement this stuff, that even a tiny um, um, implementation detail can totally wreck how something looks, like, for instance, like how a graph would look or whatever. And I think that's also pretty important. I mean, you're more of the expert here than I am, but um, well, the internet kinds like- of tends the the, the um, developers tend to, to to deal with that um, with sort of libraries and things that patch over and and iron out those kinds of differences and things like that. You can get browsers like jQuery and Prototype, etc. Because the Internet Explorer's DOM is extremely, extremely broken and doesn't do anything like any other browser. Um, and, and these libraries just iron that out and make uh, the, 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 the browsers sort of mostly sort of behave the, in, in the same way. And there's all kinds of sort of uh, uh, HTC uh, um, uh, behavior files um, that for Internet Explorer that add in f- features uh, like um, having hover states on, on any element of uh, other than just on hyperlinks, etc. So there are ways of sort of hacking browsers to get them to sort of behave mostly the same. The good thing is, is that as standards increase and we're getting towards sort of asset compliance on all of the browsers, actually this stuff does become very, very similar. Um, cool. And like if, if you're using IE8 as a, as a sort of a basis, you get a lot of, of just sort of very solid stability with, with uh, CSS 2.1. It's really with the experimental stuff that hasn't yet left vendor prefix that that, uh, that it's sort of a bit wacky, like um, WebKit's um, gradient syntax is a bit sort of wordy, and, 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 and Mozilla's was pretty awful, and now they've made, they've made that very sim- simple. So that the browser vendors are playing off of each other. It's a great big experiment. It's not like something where Flash, where they they design something, they implement it, and then they release it with the documentation and say, well, this is how it's done. All of the browser vendors are saying, this is how we think this is done. Another one is saying, this is how we think it should be done. And they're kind of sort of coalescing on a, on a, on a sort of a common standard between them. So it, it's a difficult environment to, um, to, de- to to sort of live in and, and develop with other than if you are just interested in this stuff and you keep abreast of the news and 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 and, uh, and you do it as, as something that you're interested in rather than doing it just as a plain job and having to, um, to pour across websites in Google trying to find solutions to these annoying little differences. 
So don't say it's an easy easy thing. I think we are still easily two years away from HTML5 really sort of getting settled, as it were, um, and that the, the um, presence of the iPad is going to really sort of shake this up a bit, I suppose. Uh, Let's hope so. Yeah, it's I think, popular. We don't know yet. I think there's a big there's a, there's a, there's a huge market available for HTML5 development tools um, to 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 make this sort of point and click and easy um, and of all things really it should be Adobe who's entering should be entering yeah. this market first you know they the, do that epic that would be epic <laughs> yeah they, they've done some experimental stuff with getting uh, uh, Studio 2 output uh, SVG etc and you know, again we're getting Internet Explorer 9 and it's got very fast SVG built in then you know you could start. Adobe have the opportunity here that they could start spitting out HTML5 from, pardon me, as an export option, and um, and and all these people who want a nice simple point-and-click interface, which they are already used to because they're Flash developers, could suddenly be developing HTML5 that works across multiple platforms. That would be absolutely great. Adobe would corner that market. The problem is, is that as a business, you know. Are they going to be able to do that without too much internal conflict? That one department yeah. is going to be taking sales away from another department. You know that, that that's going to be hard because Flash has kind of become one of their pet projects. It's one of their, you know, it's, it's something they've they've had a, the reins on for a, a long time. And if you've got to create yeah, a new technology that actually negates the use of one of your existing technologies, that's that's a hard thing to do. Yeah, but the, the, the fun thing is though that in the end. Uh, Adobe isn't making any money on Flash itself, but more on the tools around it, right? So you would expect that it doesn't really matter to Adobe what the output is as long as you buy their tools, right? Yeah. Well, you'd so, think that, but, but they're not really embracing that enough because there aren't enough, there aren't, well, there aren't any um, decent enough free implementations of SWF to. Um, the, the equal flash, um, and you would have thought that with the specification being readable, that that would be the case, but it's not. And they've even ta- given takedown notices to a project that was on SourceForge that implemented the um, RSTP or, or the, whatever it is, the server-side um, DRM stuff that does for, for, for video streaming, so that they could create a completely Adobe-free flash implementation, and they gave them a takedown notice. So, uh, you know, yes, in, in theory, Adobe really shouldn't care about what runtime the flash code is running on. All they should care about is, is that if more people are using flash at runtime, then they're going to sell more tools. Yeah. But I just don't see it at the moment. Um, I'm hoping that they will make venture into sort of the HTML5 market. But I really don't think anything major isn't going to happen until for at least two years until HTML5 starts to solidify. We've got a, a, a base with IE9, and because there's still a lot of developers, well, the majority will say, a majority of companies and developers that have still got to catch up to this emerging standard. What I'm doing and what we're all discussing on iOS News about HTML5 is still absolutely bleeding edge. Yeah. Well, uh, is, is, isn't it isn't it true? Aren't the rumors true that um, the next version of OS News will um, <laughs> will uh, um, do some stuff in there? I heard that you might know something about that. Yes, I heard a rumor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's, it's a it's a very big rumor. Yeah, we have no inside information on that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, um, I think that's pretty much everything we. Uh, Wanted to cover. Yeah, there. seems like that. Yeah, same here. I'm incredibly thirsty. <laughs> so, yeah. Let me see. I think yeah, I think it's pretty much everything I wanted to cover this. Uh, I wanted to say this week, but <laughs> no, it's, that's it's not really how it works anymore. This podcast, let's put it like yeah. that. 
this episode. Yeah. As always, um, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Um, and you can leave your comments in, the, in, in. You can leave your comments on the website when we publish the uh, episode. And uh, I don't be rude. Uh, last week, people were <laughs> extremely insensitive uh, uh, about shit, which really, uh, which really, to put it um, honestly, really pissed me off. Um, I mean, I, 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 of the hosts that are on this show, uh, there's at least one who can take a lot of crap, which is uh, the one who's speaking right now. I don't care about all that stuff. But uh, basically, everybody else here doesn't have the kind of skin that I have. Um, I'm used to this kind of stuff, uh, not just here, but also in uh, in my social circles. We are extremely um, open and direct and whatever. Maybe it's a Dutch thing. I don't know. So I can handle that. And I don't really care. But uh, it's different for other people. And the kind of stuff that was in there um, really pissed me off. I didn't even moderate. I just deleted everything, which is something that I do maybe once a year, mm. maybe even less than that. Um, and next time something like that happens, I won't just, I'm just going to be really honest here. I'm not just going to delete the comments, but I will close your accounts. And whether you're a reader who has been commenting 10 comments a day or whether you're just new here, your account will be closed because that's the kind of stuff that I will not have on this website. No, we want <laughs> constructive feedback. Um, if you yeah. don't like us, that's not a problem. I don't have a problem if you don't like me. Um, but the, 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 just the, um, uh, the disregard that people had uh, for just basic decency on our forums, which, by the way, people agree to when they're commenting that you should have basic decency in your comments. Yeah. Otherwise, and most of the time them. it works. Let me, let me just—it oh, was, yeah. just, it was just this, this specific instance that really stood out. Oh yeah, on the um, whole, it, comments on OS News are outstanding. Yeah, so it's it's kind of fun. I think a lot of other website owners like Engadget and whatever will be laughing that we're actually getting pissed off about this, that we are getting pissed off about this kind of stuff because this is part of course for them. But for us, this is something that we don't want. And um, I will be brutal to <laughs> help it, basically. So yes. it's, I think all we should say about this one. No, first of all, it's just uh, you know, correct us, be constructive in your, 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 your criticism. <clears throat> but if you don't like the show, then just you know, do yourself a favor and don't listen and don't comment. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Save yourself the, 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 you know, the bile. Seems so simple. But <laughs> yeah. All right, with that. Thank you very okay. much. Thank you very much for listening. Have a nice evening. Bye-bye. Bye.